Welcome back, everyone, to Tech Talk, the officially unofficial Transformers TCG podcast. I'm joined, as always, by Scott of VectorSigma.info. And Scott, I was kind of in a weird mood earlier. I was feeling a little... I don't know. It, it, I was I was feeling very snarky when I was, at least in my head, thinking about some of the cards. And I was like, oh, is that going to come out on the show? But I, I think I've reeled it back in so we can do our the usual hype man for all the exciting new previews. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I don't know. I, I had this weird, as I was going through my head and re- not, it's not really rehearsing, but like, you know, just going over what I want to say. It was weird because I was just like, oh, well, that, you know. I'll just make this offhand comment to, to uh, you know, take a stab at one of the cards. And I'm like, that's not what I want to do. So uh, we'll see how it goes. We'll see if I can I can keep it in check. <laughs> no problem. Uh, but anyway, enough of that. Let's actually dive into a non-spoiler-related item of news. And by the time this is reaching your ear holes or your eyeballs, depending on where you're consuming this, this event has already happened. Uh, <laughs> but... There are some other ancillary things related to this event and some of the other ones going forward. So we're talking about on February 15th, which is just a scant couple days from the time of this recording, uh, Top Deck Games is once again going to be hosting a constructed event for us. Uh, it's going to, again, the 15th, which is Saturday at noon. It's always a great time, so if you're available and you're in chat and you happen to know, feel free to come out. But Scott, can you tell us a little bit about what's exciting about this one compared to the others? Yeah, so we, the idea of having these monthly tournaments and trying to draw in players from around the area, um, it, it wasn't simply like playing for the love of the game. I wanted there to be something uh, in addition. So we were able to secure um, in the future some passes for uh, Origins in, I think it's June, right? Isn't that when Origins usually is? Yes, but I will double check while you're talking. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, Given given the release of uh, when Titan, when Titan Masters attack in May or in April, but uh, on April seventeenth, we wanted to have a larger event come May, right? So the idea was uh, we would use uh, these passes to Origins as mostly for prizes during that event, and so the idea was instead of just giving them out to like you know first or second place or something like that, like mm. um, what we would do is have showing up to the the preliminary events, which will be in uh, February 15th, and I believe March 15th or 17th, whichever is the uh, third Saturday of potentially March. Potentially the Ides of March. <laughs> yeah, potentially around that time. Um, everyone, who, everyone who plays is automatically entered into like essentially like a raffle that we're going to do in May at the larger event for mm-hmm. the kickoff of uh, Titan Measures Attack, the, the finale for, you know, or the, the start of that event, but the finale of this this little series. So basically, just by showing up to the the pro, first two events, you get like one extra raffle ticket, and you'll get one raffle ticket for showing up to the May event as well. Uh, we're working out some of the details on the on the dates for the May event, but essentially, there will be four passes altogether. The winner and runner up at the actual May event will both win passes to Origins, and then two random uh, players throughout so if you show up to all three events um where the right where the you know the normal great prizes the top deck offers are, are still going to be there yeah they um which as an aside are it, it's funny they are i don't want to say they dwarf a lot of things but they kind of do it, it is 
if you take a step back and look at it, it's impressive how much Top Deck is willing to offer to the Transformers community. Yeah, honestly, like the prizes are better, if not rival, if not better than like the PBG Invitational. To be honest with you, like if you just look at the at the event listing, depending on the number of players, like if the number of players showed up to these events, mm. that showed up to the Invitational in Orlando, like the prize would actually literally just be better. Like no doubt about it, in in total cash value. So all you people be... that traveled to uh, yeah. to Florida, you may want to look into it. Just saying. Yeah, I mean, like it's it's pretty ridiculous um and that's in addition to the passes to origins that's the thing you right. need to keep in mind so like you know obviously however much a weekend pass costs to get into origins it's a four-day pass um like i said just showing up for february and march will get you extra raffle tickets so you literally like if you show up to all three you'll have you know three chances to win and the, the other thing i want to point out is um there are a lot of players like mostly like you me dan palmer like people on our team we already have press passes to origins so like we're not even eligible for that prize right um so honestly like you know of the regulars that usually show up to the event like you're 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 taking a bunch of them out so like your chances of winning are just even escalated exactly um yeah uh the other thing i'm working on i am working on some additional prizing for the the big event in the beginning of may again that'll be the first event first major event where in constructed where uh wave five will be legal um not that it's i mean it's legal day one but like obviously we're not having any events day one like give yeah. people a chance to, to work exactly. on things um but i'm trying to work on some other things you know straight from wizards or from um, additional stuff from pastimes and things like that um but know that the, the whole idea is basically you know essentially like a season type thing um to try to get players out and to give you an extra incentive to uh to show up and like i said you know it doesn't even matter how well you do you still have a chance to win a pretty decent prize just by showing up and like i said we'll we'll be adding additional door prizes and things like that mm-hmm. um likely starting in march just because of the logistics of trying to get some additional time as to um, of course where the companies are setting things up so yeah so to bring up the earlier point the origins right now according to google is june 21st of this year uh okay. so I just want to echo what Scott had said that it's there's something to be said and I know I personally feel this so this is I guess speaking from the heart sort of thing but there's something to be said where it it, it feels cooler when you go to an event it's like yeah I went and I won a bunch of boxes or I won a bunch of packs or I won store credit or whatever it's much it feels much cooler to show up and go well I won entry into Gen Con. I want entry into Origins. I want entry into whatever. It's similar to the, uh, well, the qualifier season for EI, where it's everything's building, and it's you can kind of feel yourself. It's like okay, I accomplished this thing, so now I have hit this new plateau, this new threshold, and now I'm working towards the next. Like I know it might sound ridiculous when you verbalize it, but there is something to be said for how it it both feels and what endorphins are in your brain from that sort of victory yeah and if you are if you are a player who travels for events like i said these are you know well prized events and we're working on even more for the may um kickoff to wave five so like you know i guess if you have to choose you know we'd like you to attend all of them but that that's that's the main one and i Mm -hmm. like anyone within the try like anyone within like a couple hour driving distance like and 
you know, plays this game even semi-competitively. Like, it's just a great opportunity to to obviously play uh, at a decent size event and mm-hmm. to get, like, just really solid prizes that, like, you know, honestly, um, we're kind of just sponsoring in a way because we, we can't even win the, win right. the Origins passes. So Exactly. Like, you, know, you know, we're happy to happy to take care of all that so and there's something also to be said just to add one other thing that as we lead into the season again as we lead into the competitive portion of the year as i'm sure everybody who was competing last year realized that you you can't just turn it on when you want to i mean i'm sure there's somebody that can but it's worth like you can get your warm up at one of these high competitive events, potentially win a pass into one of the next larger events, and you get that experience that you might not have had at your local. T- Let's face it; some of the local scenes are smaller. We're hoping we're going to have a large draw so that that way, you know, you get your taste of that earlier in the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, it's definitely going to be a cool event. There are going to be more details to follow. Uh, I'm sure we're going to bring it up here. But, Scott, where else should people be looking for information to keep their eyes and ears open? Uh, the, I'll, I'll do most of it through the Vector Sigma Facebook page. We don't obviously mirror them on other Facebook groups. But um, if you want to check out Top Deck Games on Facebook as well, um, like I edit all the events. So, I mean, you can either reach out to me or um, hit us up on the event page or uh on the main vector sigma page i can i can answer questions on any of them awesome. um and like i said as we get more information about the the we five kickoff i'll uh i'll be posting more about that so perfect i know i'm looking forward to it i mean but any chance we get to shuffle up some cards i'm i'm excited about anyway so i don't know <laughs> that <clears throat> excuse me maybe that isn't uh the most thrilling endorsement but it is something to be excited about like this is a cool I don't want to say one of a kind, but it's definitely a unique offering compared to all of the events we've had preceding this. Yeah. So uh, I think that'll do it for this particular piece. So we'll move into, well, the other stuff that you may have heard about this week. And that's some of the previews. So I've said it offline and a couple times on the show. It's definitely a a calmer, <laughs> more soothing uh spoiler season up to this point but we're still very early and i'm saying it's calming and soothing mostly from a it's not drinking from a fire hose it's we're just we're, we're we get to digest each of the cards a little bit more at this stage so it, for me it's a little more fun because i can think about it as opposed to all right we need to hammer out and really separate everything um so the first one up that we're going to talk about is and we can jump into the mechanic first if you prefer, Scott, but we're looking at lock on target first, which is, well, we have f- not faction, but treat symbols on pips now. And it seems like there's a little bit of confusion overall. Uh, do you feel you have a, like the rules were very clear to you, Scott? Do you want to run through them real quick? Yeah. So essentially, I think the easier way to think about it is, um, these cards are essentially blanks unless you're in unless the character that is in the middle of combat and using when you if you flip it during combat if the character is in the correct mode the correct faction the correct whatever else we 
have yet to see in ways right. that they can use this. Um, they gain the benefit of the combat icon of the pip. Right. Um, otherwise, if the character is battling and doesn't meet the trait requirements, it's basically just a blank. As far as combat goes, and that caveat right. edge case scenario we'll get to momentarily. Um, right. I know there was a, as I mentioned, it appeared that there was a lot of confusion as to exactly how this behaves. I think it's one of those, once you get it, it's really obvious, but I can understand why it's not, or or rather that it is immediately confusing to people. Uh, but it is going to be exciting for one of the reasons that you had offhandedly mentioned. I'm Right now we have tribes, as in we're looking at a plane card, we're going to look at a Titan Master card. I'm very excited because obviously there's lots of little symbols all over the cards, and I'm very curious what ones we're going to get down the line. But we're not there yet. So we'll start with Lock on Target. It's a single blue plane pip. I hope that makes sense. There's one one blue pip, and there's a plane on it. Uh, it's an action. One of your characters gets bold four until end of turn. And as Scott was mentioning, it only counts as a blue pip if it's flipped by a plane character. And by plane, I mean, you know, the, the thing that flies, not... I guess non-exciting. Right. Right. <laughs> I'm not, 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 not one without colors on it. Yes. <laughs> so, um, now they just to get it out of the way because we do this every spoiler season. This seems like a Metroplex card <laughs> because that's the yep. edge case um, that I was alluding to earlier. Because the cards with this mechanic on it count as blanks for combat, as in. The reminder text specifically says, except it has no battle effect, but it it was clarified in the reveal article that they do still count for, say, Metroplex's power, Galaxy Prime's power. If you really want to reach, I guess, Blitzwing? I don't know. I couldn't think of anybody else immediately. No, Slipstream. I mean, like like the Slipstream. Oh, yeah, Slipstream. You're right. You're right. It's definitely... Like oh, yeah. I didn't mean to say, like, there was no one else. It's just I couldn't think of anybody. <laughs> yeah, and, like... um. Uh, for the other one, we're going to reveal like things like Albatrion that say like bring back an orange action, like yes. work on things like that. So, and you would be able to play it with because I think he cares which color. He, like, is it play blue on him versus it's play play blue and get back orange? Yeah. yeah. So, but exactly that you would still be able to use it for all of those purposes. It just doesn't give you a defense if you're not a plane. Right, like if you had to flip like three blue, like for aimless or something like that, like it all counts for that. Exactly, which is important because now it gives you another angle. Like I said this pre-show, but there's to be a broken record, beat a dead horse, whatever. It a lot of these mechanics have so much potential, and I'm very excited about the directions that Wizards takes it because you have these options where you can do all of those weird things, and it. it it's exciting to me because it's simultaneously obvious and subtle where it's, mm -hmm. oh yeah, obviously Alpha Trion could play this thing, but that's not where your brain immediately is going to go. So it's like you do get some sense of discovery as you go back through character and card lists. Yeah, I'm curious to see how many, what they are, like how deep into the like tribes or combat tribes or like faction like mm -hmm. Autobot versus Decepticon and things like that like 
we really get into uh, because I mean, like, I know we talked offline. Like, I didn't even notice half these symbols even existed. Yeah. <laughs> so leader, um, like every single every single um, combiner team has a symbol. Yep. Um, Wreckers so got like, their new symbol because that's on cup. Right. So like, I'm I'm sure we'll get one of these for Wreckers. Yeah. So. What if we get a, another one shall stand for wreckers that like is yeah. a, is pipped for wreckers mm-hmm. or something. I'm actually, now that I'm saying that I'm curious if we're going to get ones that are, because the only two we've seen this and headbutt the, all of the pips on the card have the tribe. I'm curious mm-hmm. if we'll see ones that's like double blue, but one of the blue pips is one of these. Yeah. I, I, I was, I was thinking that also, but mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't know, like, because I guess we could, because if we dive into the card itself, like, in all honesty, no, like, it, I like the card. It'll clearly see play. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I almost, I, I think this will kind of be a theme as we go on tonight, but like, <laughs> I almost think it's a little underpowered, to be honest with you. Yeah, I could see that. I, I don't know. Are you directly comparing to, say, Supercharge? Yes. I mean, I don't, there's the only other <laughs> bolt four is height advantage. So obviously we got to go with the three, but for the, I mean, I think everyone who looked at this said, oh, this is airstrike patrol. Okay. Uh, do you really, if you're not airstrike patrol and really the excitement for me in this mechanic is where can these things exist? Like the Metroplex example outside of the intended tribe. Because obviously they need to push the power level of the card text box due to the drawback of it effectively being a blank pip. I don't know if random aggro deck wants a blank, slightly better supercharge. Well, and I didn't, I didn't run the simulations, but like mm. just on the surface, let's say, like like the easy math is if you're playing a deck with forty orange pips, then supercharge is plus three. Right. right. If you're playing a deck with 37 orange pips, but you get to flip one more, you're not quite plus four, but you're more than plus three. Yes. So, so like you're not really losing much by playing this, assuming you're still playing a mostly orange deck. Right. Or you're using the bold for other effects, like you said, with Metroplex or with Slipstream, like like effects that actually want to flip certain color combinations. Yep. Um. Or specifically, like if you want to get black pips out of the deal. Um, this is really good in that situation, um, especially if you're not running like a bunch of double blacks. If you're running like you know decent blue black pips and things like that, yeah. Um, but like, oh, like my issue is not my issue is not like oh, it's bold four instead of bold three, and it's a blank most of the time. My issue is just that like even for a plain based deck, like mm-hmm. a lot of them are not always going to be in plain mode anyway. Um, so like, you are correct. So, I mean, by nature of it being a single pip color, it only obviously helps you on one side of combat to begin with. It's and like, then, oh god, yeah. Uh, and then, and then to have to have jump through more hoops for the color. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, again, like it, it's not, it's not, it's more elegant. It, that's why it's an elegant mechanic, in my opinion, because like yeah. you actually have to like work to make it work. But like, yes. the easy part of it is the text. You usually have to work for the text, and the pips just happen. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like the opposite. Yeah, that's actually a really good point. It it kind of 
and obviously this is just a made up number, but it feels like it's blank 75% of the time and 25% of the time because of exactly what you said. Planes may or may not be in plane mode when you hit it. Um, it's, and it's going to be the same for all of these other cards, depending, or at least that's the same consideration for all of the ones with this particular mechanic, trying to consider, are you truly going to be getting it even on the guys that air quotes should get it? Um, overall, like, again, I'm more excited to see where bold form matters outside of plain decks for this than with them. I mean, I, to your example of the, you're 100% orange, the question is, is the benefit of this bold four really outweighing supercharge? Because this blank, if assuming that you're not running aggressive planes, could be a one-shell stand. It could be some other unique effect that isn't just, I punch harder sort of thing. So while I can appreciate why it would be blank, given the numbers and all the other factors, it's, it, like you said earlier, it, it might just be slightly underpowered. Yeah, I don't think they want to, I mean, I don't think you can make it bold five because then, you know, it competes with Dino Chomp and that's like a, a, a truly tribe stamped card. But at the same time, like, there, we're always going to be in this situation where like, it, it you know, if you would have gone one more number up, it would have been super awesome. And otherwise it's like, we have to find ways to make it playable. But I think it's exactly. I mean, for a common, like, I'm pretty sure, oh, like, yeah. you know, you know, it's, it's, it's solid. It'll mm-hmm. probably see play. I just don't know how, I mean, we have to, obviously there's plenty more set to see, but like, of course, you know, like the, the, the easiest, the main aggro deck in the format right now is a plain deck. Mm-hmm. And like you said, I'm not even sure they want it because right. it's blue. And because like, I mean, it, when you have an orange give you bold three, like it seems like a blue bold four wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility without a restriction. So mm-hmm. that's, 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 I mean, I don't think you, I, it's tough to not look at cards that way, but like, I don't know that you can avoid it. Like you said, just because it's just a combat thing. So, right. Um, it's basic in what it does, but I mean, supercharger is a common also, but like, you know, I, I like the card. I just don't know how much play it'll see until we see more of what's going on. I don't think it has mm-hmm. a home in, in, a plain aggro deck now, but I think it has play in other situations, like specifically like the characters want to flip certain colors mm-hmm. when they attack, like um, even so- it's really solid with like, like you said, galaxy prime metroplex and then like characters like Substream, blue streak, things like that. I think it's really solid and right. black decks like blue black decks, I think is where it's really going to see play. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm to that end. I'm, looking forward to seeing what other things are in the set i mean in general but specifically in the context of whether this implies that those things are going to start being a thing you know Mm -hmm. like is this heralding the support for the blue black decks is this heralding the support for the whatever decks that sort of thing yeah we're talking okay yeah this is a way for like in building the difference between like an orange black deck and a blue bl- and a blue black deck is that the blue black deck is never is going to have a cap on how much damage it can actually deal, right? Um, and and you need bold to even achieve that. Whereas like an orange, if you're basically just getting oranges and blacks anyway, you're like you're driving parallel instead of perpendicular in a way, like right. And so this is a great card for those decks. Um, if if um, 
if they can come to the forefront, I think it's perfect there because you didn't want supercharged there, but I think you definitely would want this, right. especially if it's like plane based. So, yep. I do also want to call out. I don't know. The art isn't very G one, but something about it like is triggering in my brain actual G one cartoon. The way mm-hmm. I'm assuming this is Skywarp looks in this picture. I don't know why, but uh, as always, I I like to call out some of the art because I do appreciate yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, any other thoughts for Lock on Target? Nope. All right, so we'll move on to Headbutt, which is the other tribal pip stamped. We we got to come up with a more Wait. concise way to describe Two it. Two more. Two more. I think. Is there? Yeah. Oh, yeah, the other one is. Well, this yeah. is the the other one from the reveal article. We'll put it that mm-hmm. way. Uh, so it's double black pip. It is Titan Master stamped. Uh, tap one of your characters in body mode. Tap an enemy that has 10 stars or fewer and is in bot mode or body mode. So this is the first time, Scott, that we're getting the opportunity to tap up. Yes. I mean, I guess technically Scrapnel, what is he, up to 13? Yeah, but he has sacrificed himself. To do yeah, it, so. this is a little bit different. It it just, I got real excited about Tidal Wave because you get to tap guys. I'm very excited about this because you get to tap guys. Um, it's a really unique effect, and it's potentially very powerful both offensively and defensively. Offensively, you expose a guy. Defensively, oh yeah, you're a big guy that I don't want punching at least medium-sized guy in this case, doesn't get to punch me. It allows you to do a number of different things. It's a double pip, at least for some teams, sometimes. <laughs> uh, it Or a double black pip for those. So it, it does a lot of things. Is this one doing enough for you, though? I mean, hypothetically, yes. Mm. Um, the problem is, I mean, so... The first question I have is, I think the heads are always considered tight masters when they're in the bot mode, right? Like when they The heads off, themselves? I think the characters that used to be the head, I think they say so tight you're, master on. You're talking like Flintlock, Arcana, yeah. those guys. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to pull one up. Write me out. Uh, all right, we got Arcana here. And for everybody watching on stream, no, it's not there. They are Titan masters in their bot mode. Right. And I think the bodies always are also. So, like, no matter what, you're going to get that benefit when either side flips. So, that's positive. That's actually... I did not realize that they were. I don't know why I thought that. But that makes it even more impressive that you're, you know, potentially one-star character. Since Drew had mentioned, I think he... Or I thought he said that they can be mm-hmm. between one and four. Is tapping yep. a ten-star guy on the other team. No, they can't use the ability. Because the ability says to tap a body mode. So, like, you can't use... Oh, in body mode. You're right. I yeah, misread yeah. that. Okay. But you get the but you get the pip, but you get the pip benefit as the... As yes. When that, after that I knew there was out. a reason that the effect didn't work, and then when you said that, I got all confused. Yeah, all good. Sorry. <laughs> that's all right. So, um, so that's one positive. So it'll always yeah. have, like, an off... And again, because it's a black pip, it's just no different than being, like, an orange pip. It's, that's when it's going to have the ability to actually um, affect combat. But, mm. but the card... As it stands now, it's it's dependent on things that we don't know yet. So absolutely, it's on are there cheaper bodies like that cost like five or six stars, um, and then you know, or even in other ones that cost seven or something like that? Because just by sticking a one star head on it and making it a complete character, obviously, then you're then you're tapping characters that are 
are up to two stars above them. Right. Um, so again, like that was what that's what holds cards like tackle back is that you're basically just like tapping the same cost. And yeah, trading really... down is not all that. You could just go kill that guy in a lot of scenarios. Yeah, there's very corner case scenarios where it matters, and of like, course, it, it never really happens. Um, so like if like if there was a hypothetical like five star body with a one star head, then all of a sudden you're 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 able to tap like four stars above it like that's pretty powerful yep but the problem the other the problem is though as it stands now like the way the meta is now it basically just is a tackle because a lot of decks are no matter how they're yeah you get flame war (laughs) yeah because no matter how they're constructed right now Mm. is basically a big guy and then a bunch of support characters even if it's an aggro deck like there is yeah because there's an absence of three wide aggro in the meta um you're not experiencing guys that cost nine or ten all that often now of course there's nothing i mean it's that's why it's hard to evaluate like this this card is extremely meta dependent like assuming the titan masters are as interesting as they seem to be like you're going to see more characters in that range um so it's probably going to be it's probably going to see more use obviously when the set comes out more than zero because it doesn't exist now but you know Mm -hmm. what i mean yeah Um, i got you (laughs) um so, like, in different metagames, like, in the Siege 1 meta, this card would have been insane. In the, even in, to an extent, even in the Rise of the Combiners meta, this would have been really powerful. So, I think, yeah. the, I think the, two, the two major factors are, are there smaller bodies? Because the smallest one we have right now is 7, which means the, 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 the smallest Titan Master we can create is a hypothetical 8. Um, just to be able to use this effect... And then, so you're so you're tapping two stars above you, assuming they have guys that cost that. And then, like, are they even running characters of that cost? Exactly. So it's it's going to be very meta dependent. I think, like, depending on how the meta shapes up, it could be a main deck card. But I think it's certainly going to be like at minimum, like a, a definite sideboard card. Yeah, I could um, see that at minimum. And that's just only because I can't. I don't know what the meta is going to look like. But assuming it looks kind of normal i would imagine that like you know this is powerful and you don't like i feel like as long as you're as long as you're tapping up you're fine um now that being said there are scenarios that tapping down isn't awful i mean right now yes you could do that in some situations with tackle already or like we're talking about scrap nobody has to pop a guy uh tailwind is a thing maybe you need to just get at him yeah, that's fair. You know, it's it's not if you're forced into tapping, say your nine cost Titan Master to get Tailwind, and then you lose an attack as a result because you had to tap a guy. Like you're not gonna feel great about it, but if that's what you got to do to get a win, you do what you got to do. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, like those guys that have stealth while they're tapped, that's a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, especially early on. The problem is. I don't want to be using like a ten or eleven guy to because exactly. I don't even know I don't know what the rest of my deck is going to look like if mm. that that guy could actually I mean obviously you'll probably have two other attackers so it might be okay but like um, you know it might be hard for the second oh I'm actually Chad is Chad is keeping me honest you can't get at Tailwind because he's never going to be in bot mode oh right it's that's a fair mode. point thank you Chad. Yep. Oh, there's a question in there also about uh, do the Titan Master head cost count against this? And I'm pretty sure they yes. said that, yeah, it while they're, it's head and body, they are the total sum of the, the star costs. 
Right. Um, so there goes the the tailwind idea. So that's one more strike against headbutt. Um, but I do agree with your point that if Titan Masters are a thing in general, it's funny, they will inflate the value of this card because a lot of them are probably going to be in that mid-star range. And I guess we just have to hope that the combo of body and head doesn't edge them out to 11 stars. Yeah, or there's other characters in this range that are that are, powerful. That are valuable enough, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it it's one of those abilities, that, like I started out with, that I like because you get to mess with combat and the the turn sequencing in an interesting way. Excuse me. However, there are a lot of caveats on this card in like every inch of this card. <laughs> every part mm-hmm. of relevant game text has some kind of caveat on it. And maybe that's too much. We'll have to see. Like you said, there's there's too many known unknowns right now or unknown unknowns as well, but... It's too much to say, but I mean, I think, I think, and I think we see this with the tribal pips to begin with. Um, mm-hmm. The game is shaping up in a way where decks will be differentiated from one another, and it's not going to be just as cookie cutter as it has been in the past, um, which you're starting to see now. But I think you're really going to see it in this set because pretty much every card we've seen is is its own. Like it, it's good in certain decks and not universal right now right and so so the decks will super differentiate themselves from from one another and like will will have their own perceived power level as to how that shapes up so like I, just for seeing uh, the, the few scan cards we've seen like i can just imagine a deeper metagame than we've had in the past simply because of how unique the cards are that we have to deal with it just right. depends on how powerful those cards are in isolation compared to others so and i i can appreciate that if things move in that direction that okay well this deck has its thing like titan masters assuming this is a theme that they tap things you know like that's how they attack other decks so that when you sit down the matchups are different it's not just i'm playing aggro versus control or aggro aggro or control control it's it's a control deck that operates the game in a certain way or an aggro deck that tries to leverage a different axis to close the game out quickly, not just I'm going for the high score. It's I'm tapping your guys down. I'm also a, a Titan master, so I can, I'm can i technically wider. You know, it. I think it adds another interesting layer to the meta. Yeah, it's a powerful card, assuming that things shape up. I mean, it's definitely like uh, yeah, something you have to be aware of. Yep. So uh, let's move on to our third tribal pip stamped card, uh, and that is Hull Down. It's a secret action that when you, you reveal it when one of your characters defends, when revealed the defender gets tough four. It's an orange tank pip, single orange. So we have our, I guess, new and improved, if you want to look at it that way, hidden fortifications. I mean... It's not who knew to improve. It's just, it's just like, I don't know. It could be four through six, I guess. Right. Um, it's it obviously adds a significant layer of redundancy. But again, I guess it calling back to when we're talking about lock on target. Right now, it's going to be blank in a lot of decks that would be running it. Yeah, except for I don't. That doesn't matter to me because like. Hmm. Well, I'm bringing it up because I knew you were going to say that. So go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> um. 
I mean, hidden fortification has obviously proved its preconceived value um, because it's it's one of you know up until that point it was one of the only ways to even to really gain a sustained defense advantage, um, mm-hmm. along with sabotage armaments. But that sabotage armaments is even more targeted than hidden fortification. Always just happens, so right. they don't have like a gyro a gyro on them or something like that. Um, whereas like obviously like you could play sabotage armaments they could not play a weapon and it doesn't do anything obviously it's still a solid card right um but in this situation like tough three just happens so in this situation again tough four is just going to happen um and it's against aggro especially smaller aggro like wider aggro decks hidden fortification has proven to be the better of the two um Pretty much because some of the weapons that see play and some of the wider decks just aren't as impressive as weapons on their own. Like Sabotage Armors is actually better against like other control decks than it is yeah. um, against aggro decks, whereas Hidden Fortification is better against the aggro decks. Um, I mean, this card will clearly see play. Again, I feel like, in a way, oddly to say, like it's almost underpowered again because, again, you have the you have the opposite color pip. Mm-hmm. And a tribal stamp on it, and it's like, you know, you didn't need to go all that way to just get one more tough than yeah the, the card that already exists. Hidden but, fortifications may be good enough. Yeah, but I, I think this will see play like, for sure. Like I, I can't like right the thing I really like 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 Galaxy Prime really likes this card. Because, I was about to say the opposite pips can be a boon in some scenarios. Yeah, this is where, like, Galaxy Prime loves this card because um, it just helps you, like, if you flip an Energon Axe and this, when attacking, you get the Energon Axe or yep. Ion Blaster, like, things like that. Because so many of the weapons that they play are blue that, you know, this is a this is an enabler that, yes, you will not, like, it doesn't matter if you flip it when you attack anyway, and this just gives you more opportunities to get um, to get the free upgrade play. So I think this is... I think it's will clearly see play there. I would play it probably as like a two of in that deck, especially in an aggro based, um, or really like anywhere. Um, I think right. it's really powerful there. Um, it's 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 like I said, it's good with Alpha Tryout if that means anything. Um, it's good with, you know, again those those characters that are looking to to flip multiple colors, and you know, aggro tanks was a deck. I, I, you yeah. know, it suffers suffers from being three wide, but I mean like. The problem here is that like a lot of the tank characters want to attack in bot mode and only want to be in tank mode. Yeah, so, like, it's like know. Lord Megatron and that's probably it. Question yeah, mark? I mean, the, I mean, there might be one more I'm forgetting. I mean, if Demolisher flips back, you're not really losing much. I think you're losing like one attack or something like that. But hmm. um, he, even he, I mean, not Demolisher, uh, um, Impactor. Demolisher obviously wants to attack in. Yeah. Um, well, you're losing a, a attack and a bold on Impactor, I think. Well, you if you flipped back, I'm saying you would get the bold back from flipping back. But, oh, oh, yeah, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. But if you're like, losing the attack, is not going to really help the situation. So it's going to yeah. depend on what what other character, what other tank characters receive, because clearly the tank tribe is not going to make very good use out of this card because their attack values are like one and two unless yeah unless (laughs) like you said we get some some uh new blood into that tribe it's um it's looking a little sketchy for them yeah i don't even care that this is like a tank stamped card i just care that it gives you tough four oh absolutely i mean the 
a blank tough four or half a blank tough four or whatever, uh, if you have the ways to leverage the off-color pip, it's going to be relevant. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't... Like you said earlier, we have a whole lot of set left. So there's it's definitely reserving judgment as far as both the tribe goes um, and what other potential. Because we've been seeing more and more. You've mentioned Alpha Trion. We talked about Blitzwing earlier, um, who were not necessarily the ones lighting up the list as compared to the Galaxy Primes. But Slipstream, like there, there's actually a, a fairly extensive list of characters that care about this sort of thing. So maybe, maybe there's something there. Is there anyone that cares on defense? Uh, that's a good question. Um, I want to say there is, I feel like there's somebody that if you flip certain things, they go back to another mode or something. Well, blue streaks, when you attack and you're in the terrible, like, like poor defense mode. Gotcha. Like, isn't like, isn't the Siege Chromia, I think you have to flip double blue, and then you get to do Yeah, it's double blue, know. you get to play an draw, armor. Draw, or draw a card. Or draw a card, yeah, and then when you flip to the other mode, you get to play a blue armor. Um, maybe you're it's right, obviously, maybe there isn't. Hmm. Obviously, more effects like that will make this card even better. Oh, of course, so, of course. You know. um, but now it's, again, it's another layer of stuff for people to think about and keep track of, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Yep. So... Uh, I think that'll do it for Hold Down. We'll move on to our last preview card, which actually came out a few hours ago, and that is Crystal of Power. Uh, it introduces, I don't think it's quite a new mechanic, but it does introduce some new stuff. And uh, Crystal Power is a single black pip. It is a weapon armor upgrade, so it counts as both. It gives plus three attack, plus two defense, and it occupies both your weapon and armor slot. When the upgraded character battles, scrap this card after the battle. So it's a combination weaker grenade launcher and blast shield, sort of. Yes. I I can see where this thing gets used. I think a lot of people have jumped all over the immediate stuff. Um, I just keep seeing this. If you play it in advance, it's going to get bashing shielded. If you play it on the turn and just get in, it's a weaker grenade launcher, and you could have had an actual orange-pipped weapon. Are you excited by this thing, Scott? Um, I don't know if I'm excited by it, but I think it has. I still think it's going to see play in certain decks. I mean, yes, it's just I don't know. I I just don't like Demolisher. <laughs> I just don't. Yeah. Uh, so maybe I mean, that's why I'm not like super thrilled. <laughs> I mean, it's really good on Demolisher. It's mm. really good on. Um, uh, so there's a couple things we don't know. Um, there's a debate as to whether or not what defines battling and when it checks to see whether or not it's going to destroy itself at the end of combat or scrap itself at the end of combat. So like, there's a. And we'll obviously get a ruling eventually. Like, if Sound Blaster brings it back from the scrap pile, it's possible that it stays around. Um, due to a ruling that was made about Astro Train, where like, which I didn't even know. Like, if you sabotage Armaments, Astro Train's weapon, you still get the plus three, plus three because 
as soon as you attack, that's when it checks and like then oh, and bonus it gives everything. him the bonus. Yeah, yeah. Okay, which I never, which I never even knew to be honest with you. That um, feels. I'd have to go look back and look at the wording because I, I mean, I probably was thinking the same thing you were that it's a, it's like constantly checking. Yeah, but apparently it's it's apparently it's like when you attack, so it's even before you would flip. Okay, so if it's a when, then so. that makes sense because it's creating a trigger. But I yeah. Okay, sure. So uh, it's possible. Like, so one of the arguments is that it's possible that like you pass the point where this like Soundblaster would attack, mm-hmm. and then like then he puts this on him as a weapon, as a black weapon, and so it's like I'm already past the point where it would have had to destroy itself. If that's the case, that opens up a lot more that, I mean, that's pretty cool. Um, yeah, bolster, bolster would be the same thing as well. So you would, you would, you could play this off a bolster defensively and then get it as a weapon. That, I don't know what's making me say it because obviously I have no evidence for it, but it just feels like that's not intended in the way that it's not going to work that way. Um, yeah, but every time we say that, we're wrong. So that's. that's I know. Wrong. So it, part of me is like, well, I'm going to put it out there into the world, and then it'll jinx it so that that way it works, and then I can play Sound Blaster. I don't know. It. Um, that's really interesting, uh, and a pretty good catch. Whoever had uh, had uh, discovered that first, but yeah, it was Alex Brock on the Facebook page, and he told, and he, we were talking back and forth. He's the one that pointed it out. Okay, that it may work. Well, shout Only out to Alex. On, <laughs> yeah, based on that, based on that Astro Train ruling that was made on a rules round, but um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to get clarification. But obviously, we'll have it before the set comes out. But all that aside, um, so yeah, obviously, it's really good uh, with with Demolisher. Um, it's, I think, the card is very good as a backup to whatever you're trying to do. Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's ever the primary option. Like, um. People pointed out like like it's good for Lord Megatron like because you can get it as a weapon and the flip cares how much defense you have. Yep. Um, there aren't if more cards come out that care about how much defense you have at the same time like like in that type of situation, yes. it'll also be powerful. Right. Um, like if there was a character, for example, that for some weird reason like attacked with its defense number instead of its offensive number, I don't, mm. I don't know. Like it was like an I'm sure that character that. will exist at some point. Like that's right. a, I feel like that's a, a low hanging fruit. <laughs> right. So like that type of character would, would would like this type of card. I just think that like you know like hunkering down this again, it's not going to be your first choice of armor, but like if you have like you could. The, th- the problem that we ha- that I have with this card is we're we're obviously envisioning play an upgrade attack with a character. It's a worse grenade launcher. But yeah. like, you can always just play this on a tapped character and give them plus two defense, and then it's basically like a blast shield. And if they choose not to attack that target because like I don't know, you put they it basically on, have to attack that target, like <laughs> right, or else you're getting a, or else you're getting like kind of getting a free weapon, like but like eventually down the line. But like it's still not super powerful. Like it's still like on the power curve, like, not above it. Mm-hmm. Like, again, this is almost like those pips. Like, I feel like this card honestly could have been a 4-3, and it would have been much... Like, I would have been more excited about it. I, I would agree. It would and I don't think it would have been too overpowered, because, again, mm-hmm. like, Grain Watcher is an orange. Blast Shield is a, is, a, is a blue. Like, And I get, like, you're getting both sides of it, and so it needs slightly worse but it's eating is so it's not just that it's eating the two slots which is relevant because okay you're 
if you're playing tanks or you're playing other stuff, it, there are reasons why you want three slots. Consuming two is not good generally, uh, unless something cares about like the fact that it is a weapon armor in the same card, which maybe we'll get those cards. But it also, um, <clears throat> to your point, it, it, since most of the scenarios are going to be played on guy, get in with guy, it goes away, barring the sound blaster scenario or something similar. I don't know. If you run it out there as a defensive thing, I think it's just going to get bashing shielded or enforcement batons. The fact that it's exposed right. to both, like, I feel like you have to play it as the bad grenade launcher, or it's not going to. I mean, every I guess you could blow somebody out with it, hypothetically, because they didn't have a card to answer it right then. And again, it goes to the argument that. Bashing shield is a plus two weapon sort of thing because it's removing two defense. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I don't know. It's it. I again did like I started out with it. You have there are some clearly defined scenarios and even some edge case ones potentially that I didn't think of. I, I'm just not excited to play those characters to run this. Yeah, I mean, I think right the way I see it right now is that like, like let's assume the sound blaster thing that I said where it stays around doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Then to me, it's just it's obviously just worse than our disruptor blade, right? But it's not a bad backup our disruptor blade in that situation. Yeah, and I mean the our disruptor blade deck, like whether it is sound blaster or not, or it, some of the other ones. I mean, it's a fourth or fifth copy of composite armor, sort of. Right. You know, it's not, it's fine. I mean, Chad's point, even pointing out Airstrike Patrol is running lots of both Enforcement Batons and Bashing Shield, which I think is just what's overtaking everything in my brain. That even from other decks where it's just a reprocess or something, I mean, that would have gotten anything. But uh, they could be, other decks are running Bashing Shields, other decks are running Enforcement Batons, and they're going to see this coming a mile away. So... I mean, the card's not green, so, like, this comparison might not be fair, but, like, I mean, you're not excited about running Noble's Blaster, right? Yeah. So, but, I mean, but it's you run just, it. Well, you run it because, you know, it's it's fine. It's yeah. Right. You don't so, have, like, hmm. I mean, obviously, it's blue, it's green, I get it, but, like, it's it's that type of situation for this card. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a redundant modal card that you have to be able to get, um... Like I said, I feel like it's slightly underpowered just because, like, I feel like they could have upped the stats on it or, like... Given a relevant combat, Pip? Um, Because I'm looking at it from... So if you compare this... If you're playing this in an aggro deck, maybe the plus two defense will matter occasionally. But generally, you're going to put it on a guy, you get in with that guy... And then they were going to die anyway. So the difference between this and an erratic lightning, for example, maybe isn't that wide of a gap. Because if you assume that your guy's going to just bite it on the incoming attack, who cares that the weapon killed itself? That guy was never going to make it to swing again anyway. The problem is yeah, that because of, the, because of the black pip, I don't know that you want this over erratic lightning or static laser. Just because most of the time, most of your cards are pips, not their card text. 
yeah, that's why I don't. I don't. That's why I think it being a four two or a four three would have been fine. Yeah, like, I, it, like it would have been two or power. I'm hoping that, given the fact that this is like a callback to a G1 cartoon, that there's like we're gonna see ways of I don't want to say abusing this card, but like using this card, not in like the Septicon Crown Star Screams King Star Scream way, but just like mm-hmm. cards that are clearly this will have an impact on like you know things like Demolisher or things like I said that they care about you know stats on the card or something like that. I guess the big issue for me is like you know things like Hunker Down, obviously like. Mm-hmm you know are are a thing um but the problem is like this would be great if you could like hunker down and play a weapon you can't do that you can only hunker down and play an up like play play utility and like what, mm. what's the most we can get out of utility like plus one attack right i mean like there isn't no you, you play debilitating crystal and then you uh bounce their armor obviously <laughs> sure <laughs> I, mean, I mean like it, like that could be there's an upper limit there's an upper limit as to how much like how much extra attack power you can yeah, get out uh, of, of course out of it of course but it basically makes hunker down into like sort of like a bad like it gives hunker down more play because it kind of makes it into like a kind of worse dual wield when there's just one yeah. sitting in your like you just get back a weapon so if you don't have a weapon to play this is better than not having a weapon in a lot of situations and i think that's where the card's going to come into play like it's 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 never going to be like i don't know like it's not Trying to think of it. like it's not the bell of the ball it's like you know yeah but it's not it's not the last call 2 a.m either like, yeah i mean it's, it's somewhere in between you know it's just fine i mean even in the scenario you describe where you hunker down into this and then okay even aside from being unable you know like there aren't very many threatening utilities it's the fact of the matter that if this was any like if it was erratic lightning you could then play a combat pump action instead of you've effectively eaten both your plays for the turn because you can't, there's just a very small number of cards that you could even play in the remaining slot that would do anything, let alone something good. For that specific character, but you could play other things Mm. is the point. Like you could, I mean, again, I mean, yes, I think composite armor is better than this. Like if mm. you, like if you, if you had three, if you had three tanks in play and three composite armors in your scrap pile, you'd get all those before you would get this. Um, because because composite armor has has effect on both attacking and defense. Mm. Whereas this, by definition, will not. Um, but mm-hmm. if that's not an option, and like you just want to play... Like, if you want to put composite armor on the guy you're going to tap, and you just want to give a guy a blast shield, basically, is like, you know, like you said... They can attack the crappier target that now has a blast shield on them if they really want to, or it just sticks around to be a weapon next time. Like, right. Again, I, I think it's like, it's not always going to be your number one choice, but like a lot of decks like this, I think we'll just play it as like one ofs. I think, um, yeah, that that's probably so. true. And we, we have said in the past that the quantity of playable black pip cards that aren't like, well, I have to play this because I need X number of black pips and I'm X minus three short this helps fill out those ranks that you can, like you were saying, you're, you're not probably going to windmill slam it in excitement, but it'll get the job done and it'll check off some boxes from which things you need. Yeah. Like cards like Detritus, when he taps, when he flips to play a black card, like again, 
there might be better options, but this is going to be a fine one to play off that. Yeah. So, like, I think, I think the way the set seems to be shaping up to me is to find those types of combinations, and I think that's where this will come into play. Yeah. All right, and I'm like you were saying earlier. I'm sure we're going to get something that interacts with this, aside from what we know, whether that ruling works out that way or not. Uh, I'm I'm sure there's something else that cares about this specific card essentially even if it doesn't call it out by name within the set because this is such a unique thing that it would feel even more like a sore thumb if it was the only card that is this way and nothing cares about this card it's just in the set um that seems out of character i guess i'm shocked it's uncommon to be honest with you uh, I could see a cycle of these. So, like, there's an armor utility that's rare and then a weapon utility that's common or something like that. I just think it's, like, big numbers for an uncommon and, like, a unique ability for an uncommon. That that's fair. That has, like, such niche play, whereas, like, that's normally where a rare would, would factor in, so I'll be curious to see. But it directly happens. interacts with combat, and it's not, like, a very complex thing, at least from a rules text perspective unless that sound blaster thing works in which case then it should probably be bumped up to rare just because it does weird a weird enough thing that like from a new player or general populist perspective like i don't think anybody well obviously somebody figured out but most people probably didn't jump to the sound blaster interaction or maybe they did i just missed it i'm the only one that missed it I assume people that were mentioning are mentioning it from the perspective of just like it's just another weapon you can get back, but like right. so is our disruptor blade, so whatever. Exactly. But I guess there just weren't a plethora of them before. But mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that um, so the, because this is the first week we've seen battle cards, so there are sixty-four battle cards in the set. Um, but then there's thirty stratagems, which are their own like numbered thing, and obviously right. they come in the micromaster battle master slot. Um, where the heads come as well. Um, so that even though the heads are numbered with the character, there's 64 battle cards like there were in Siege 1 and Siege 2. However, there are a plethora more micromaster slot cards, if that makes any, if that's a thing. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting distribution, I'll say. Because that, it's, I'm trying to process it, it since you pointed it out now. Um, You'll get one of every. You should get one of every battle card in the box. Um, given that there's only 64, there'll only be like I forget how many rares, like 15 or six or whatever. I guess right. I guess probably divided by three or something. So it's probably like 21 or 20 rares, and there's 30 packs in a box. So you, I would normally get at a siege one and siege two boxes. I always got a playset of of the battle cards mm-hmm. at least, and like doubles of most of them, obviously. Um, so that's good. Um, uh, I don't think, you, but you won't get a full set of like the stratagems or a full set of like the heads for sure, especially when there's rarities to those as well. Um, which is interesting. That there's 64 battle cards that I noticed there when I was looking today. So, yeah, that, that's a good thing to point out because, like you said, this is the first time that we're actually getting a peek at the "quote unquote" real battle cards compared to the stratagems, right? Which are in their own slot. So, yeah. I don't know. I I do. 
I feel like I was very hard on this card and very negative. I think it's fine right now, pending a number of other factors. It's just, I don't know. I think, to be honest, it might be the black pip if this was orange, or like you said, if it had better numbers, I'd be okay with it. But I'm just picturing, I can't get the bad grenade launcher comparison out of my head. (laughs) So, No, I mean, I get it. And like, you know, like you said, like having an arm, like, you obviously want armors to stick around. It's hard to find. I don't like. It's hard. I don't even think there is like there is no permanent plus two armor, like except for like the rock paper scissor armor. That yeah, are that's what I was about to say. Always like that. So like, it's hard to like. Obviously, plus two on armor is literally impossible to find. It sticks around. So like, now we're in a situation where like it's even harder for this to stick around. Um, yeah. And so that's probably like what you're looking at. But on the flip, like any modal card, well, I should say most modal cards, like especially when they were first invented in like Magic, were obviously of drawing one or the other of the modes that you put them in. Just by definition, by having both on a card, it had to be worse. Right. Um, I just, in my opinion, I think this is. This could have like bumped up the numbers. I don't think it would have mattered all that much, or could mm-hmm. have like made it a single green or like a, I don't like you said like a a green might have been ridiculous. I don't think it would have mattered all that much. Again, you're still getting underpowered versions of some other cards. So I think that's that would be more powerful than the existing three weapons plus three weapons we have because you will always see it. I mean, again, like. If you want new cards to see play, I don't think it's that big of a deal. But, well, you know. yes, but hmm. random uncommon slot, I don't think we have to push that. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but anyway, I mean, there's still a lot of set to be seen, so there, there's still a lot of potential, and maybe next week when we're doing this, we're going to go, well, that's where Crystal of Power fits. Uh, it's not just Megatron poking people with it. Um, it's because of this other thing. So, No, I like the niche nature of the cards mm-hmm. that we see we saw this week. And I think yeah. That's, it's, I think it's... I think the set is designed that way on purpose, and that's what I like about it. Yes. I also appreciate, like, I've always enjoyed games in the past where they had these, to call back to a point you made earlier, the the decks are, they have their trick or tricks, plural, and they do them very well, but they are unique to that deck because it allows the design team to do cool stuff, but it's not available to everybody, and therefore it can be more powerful. Because if every deck had the availability to do whatever this hypothetical thing is, everybody just plays it. As opposed right. to now, if it's separated and you have to then accept the costs of playing this other team, that means that, okay, well, you can compensate by letting it do the cool thing in an even cooler fashion. Um, which is from a general design thing I always prefer. I know that's not necessarily what everybody always wants. And I like the fact that they're doing it now through other means other than stamping like the tribe on the card they're like you're even taking advantage of the the, the pip on the card like yeah it's like even the spacing on the card it gives you a way to get those half pips that we've talked about where things are like a half a point or a half a whatever behind or ahead of something it gives you more granularity now that they're experimenting with the pips the the card type line, the the this, the that, it, it, 
it's just more levers, more knobs, more buttons. Yeah, so. So, well, I think that'll do it. We've talked a lot about four cards and some exciting tournament news. So uh, definitely keep your eyes and ears open for the upcoming events. We're, of course, going to be coming back with more hot takes on VectorSigma.info. Uh, any other exciting things coming up, Scott, before we got to close up shop? No, um, I, I I know previews are in the midst of going out to various influencers and content creators over the next, uh, hopefully over the next week. So I think we'll start to see an uptick in some of these. Um, so we'll see what happens. Awesome. Well, I'm definitely excited to see the other cards. There, there's gears turning for these ones. And like I said, although I may have been the wet blanket or sounded like it for some of these, it is exciting because there's new opportunities for a lot of these cards. But without much further ado, as always, thank you everyone for listening. Thank you for watching. And please tune in next time for more tech talk.